It's a Nevi'im uh, over here, and there's a copy on the stender of the Ramban. It was uploaded a couple of weeks back. It's Ramban and Pashas Nayach. And we'll see in a moment what it has to do with. If you go back to Perik Yedalid, Pasuk Dalid, after the request of Shimshin to arrange the marriage with this Bas Plishti and his parents, even though they knew ahead of time they had an avua, they was going to have an unusual job, they couldn't understand why this had to be part of the job description. And the Pasuk clearly defends Shimshin. Whatever went wrong in his Madrega, the Havamina, more than a Havamina, the way to operate undercover to be enmeshed enough to pick a fight and then to do something that looked erratic so they wouldn't want to start up with anybody. Otherwise, remember, you can't be in 100 places at once, there's only one person. So, Pasik Dala, Perik Yadala, Pasik Dala, Va'avivim Alayadu Kimi Hashem Hi Ki Sa'anahu Mubakesh Mi Plishtim, Basi Plishtim Meshlam Bi So, something we discussed at the very beginning of Shaftim, I'd like to just show you one Marmokam on it, and that is, it's a little bit unclear who these plishtim were. There's a machlekes in the Sugeng Subas, and a machlekes how we paskin. What is the Issa Dereisa of what is Is it only on Zion Umas? Is it on all Akum? If it's not on all Akum, what's the source of Akum? Is it Pasim Yecheskel, Karis Medivar Kabbalah, other in Yadam Kedushin is not Tefis? Either way. Uh, the Shaila is, is it, in terms of this Pasuk, what is is it only focused on the Zion Umas? And is it possibly, even if they're Magyar, or is it only Bigayusan? And totally Habaha, what would the Chiddush be over here? So, if you hold that it's a Din of Zion Umas, it's a Chiva Sachayak Hamashama. Technically, they could do Tshuva, you don't have to be Makayim that, there wouldn't be a mitzvah. Is there an Isra Tzachatin Bam, even if they're Megayar, and even if the Geras is Chal, which we spent a number of weeks on just now. Marriage, this whole Matzav was B'dyevid, but it was Shimshin's job. So assuming that that was okay, and she really was Makabal Mitzvah, she had to be Shimshin's wife, and the Shvigar taught her at Lachas Neiris, and, and Chala, and Ida, and all the other things of Abbas Yisrael. Assuming that would have been okay, are they from the Zion Umas? And if they are, then it'll be a kasha on that mandamer. So who are these plishtim? So take a look at the Ramban you have in front of you. It's two pages, two sides of the page. The Ramban of Pashas Nayach, obviously way back in Pashas Nayach, because this is where lists the uh, history, genealogy of all the Umas Elam. It's a little bit hard to figure out who they are later on in Tanakh. Hence the problem over here. Take a look at Pasuk Tezvav in the first column in the Ramban of Chumash, Pasuk Tezvav. So I just want to show you two or three parts of this. Kanan Yolad es Tzidon Becheru. So Zayin Umas, what we call Kanan, Keni, Knizi, Kadmani, and sometimes the name change even in the description of the, of the Zayin Umas. Question is, are they categories? Are there subsets of these categories? with different names, did they have different names earlier on in history? So, Ramban says, Remember, there's Zayin Umas, the Yeshua Benun, 
was to conquer, which they conquered after he wasn't here anymore. And then there's the ten Umas, three of whom weren't conquered at all. Davon Melech sort of did, but it was a Shiloh Kivish Yachid when he went up north. The other three are going to be Los Olavo in part of Eretz Yisrael. So that's why it's a number seven and a number ten. So Ramban says, Elo Sar Amin B'nei Kanan Shenit Ulaab Mavinu. He calls there, Kanan Nimker Le'evet Oilum. Kanan, the Klal Kanan, was there, are going to have the status of Avodim. Vehem Shenit Nuloi. And their Avodim, Tushem. Shailu is also Avodim with the office. Right now we're focusing on the Abdis part. So already in the time of Abmavinu, names started changing. As families grow, they have different clans and different parts of the clans and different surnames. Here the Pasuk in Pashat lists the original names. When they moved places and they settled and they set up their own of the clan that was started off as um, one immediate family. Families grow and they diversify. And they move. Niku b'shem asacherim. With the exception of Klaisrol and the Amenifcher, and even that we have 12 shotim. But still one Klaisrol, so technically uh, it's a separate terror on the fact that there's the shame Uma applying to Klayisol, not to the Mitzayilam, and they're just mishpachas, mishpachas, mishpachas adama, plays a role over here. So, understandably so, they'll take different names. You don't have to come on to that for this, because you can have Shvatim within Klayisol also, even though that cohesiveness is uh, a lot more, it's a different gedder, uh, and Ashkafu. So, Ramban is explaining why the names changed. Take a look at the second column of the third paragraph. Point number two. Avram. So you look at the Pesukim and Nayach, and the Pishnim that appear in Pashas Nayach are descendants from Mitzrayim. They're not from the Zion or the Ten Umas. And Abmavinu is told to stay in Eretz Yisrael, what he will yarsh in the future, Gor Ba'aretz Hazais. And we know and yet they're not from the Zionumus and the Tenumus. That's the Kasha. And we started dealing with this at the beginning of Shaitan. And Yitzhak Avinu was told, don't leave. You know, the Tanima. And you can't leave. And he just go to Eretz Pushtim. So geographically, part of it belongs to Eretz Yisrael. Roy Ruben and Farshim say, to the coast, to the beach. To the Mediterranean, it belongs to Yisrael, and the Shaila is more who the people that were living there, which is what Ramban is discussing as well. So he's first proving that if he's told to stay here, that means this area should belong to what the future of what Abadina is going to Yashin, what Klai is going to Yashin. of Amal Kanani Techashiv Plishtim. And the Pasuk in Yeshua and Perik which we didn't get up to yet. We didn't, uh, we're learning uh, Yeshua in the uh, Psaic, so you'll have to tune in for that. But we didn't get up to it there either. It says Beferish. The The five cities we're always going to deal with, and the ones that were a major problem. All the problems emanating from these cities, and we're going to see a few of them with Shimshin. It says Beferish that it's part of Eretz Canaan. Kashu makes us the the Yeshiva. So Rabban says, well, they were Taka foreigners, and they came like 
everybody else who was fighting a war most of their life. And they conquered this area, but inherently it's Eretz Yisrael. That's Ramban's first approach. Skip down to the bottom paragraph. Vulai, Shire has pushed him, These are five city states. We know where they are approximately, and we're going to talk about them here, and they're well known names. And the Plishtim, even though we're first meeting them in a big way now, they're going to keep coming back like a very bad penny. We're going to hear more of them. The other battles fought so far in Shaftim were up to Perikadal already. It was a one-time thing, maybe two, and then they fought the battle decisively enough, Bederech Neis, and we didn't hear from them again for a while. The Plishtim are unfortunately very uh, persistent and didn't have the system to fight an all-out battle, which is why we're dealing with a very unusual monster with Shimshin. He's fighting a one-man battle, which he can't possibly win, but trying to make a dent enough that they do less damage. That's the theme over here. And the five city-states, Ramban suggesting, are perhaps the only area that were part of Raids and and the rest was not. That's why I mentioned the whole area of the coast at the corner of the Gaza Strip, most of us learned the whole thing is part of what was ours, or certainly would be ten umas, various possibilities. Ramban now is suggesting Ulai, the rest of it, not all of it is, but these five city-states in that area certainly was. Ramban uh, opens the possibility that maybe not all of it, and the Shaila is how far it would go down. Next page. Vida. Now this next part is very interesting. It seems to me Machlech is Rashi and Ramban. Ramban here on Chumash and Rashi on Chumash. Rashi on Chumash, um, you'll remember, it's the first Rashi. So, uh, it's not so gracious to tell the Umas Elam, we should tell the UN. That, what was that? Yeah, so they're going to tie a list on them, which they apparently are very excited about this Rashi because they're constantly saying it, so they're playing their role. The only problem is, they, the end of the Rashi is we're supposed to tell them the answer. That part doesn't seem to be resonating. Why? Another vote? They voted about this hundred times already. What are they voting about now? Again? What are they voting? It's an apartheid state. And, uh, they took a vote. The usual. And apparently, they're very bored. Nothing, nothing much, yeah, nothing much to do in the world. So. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Right, right. So, uh, so the answer is, Rashi says from the Chazal, that we're supposed to tell them Hashem is the creator and the Balabas still, and he gives it out for certain times, certain people, and Hashem can choose to give it to Klaisal. That's what Rashi said. That's the answer. Keep that in mind when you see this next shtickle on the Ramban. Tell me, is the Ramban arguing? Sounds like he is. Might be a way out. Vidal. Kieres Kanan, top line. Kieres Kanan, This belonged to Klaisal. Belonged to shame first. Kanan actually conquered it, which we discussed uh, a few months back, Shabbos afternoon. If you hold that Goyim have a din of Kivish Machomo, which everybody holds, so then once Canaan conquers it from Shem, so it belongs to Canaan, then you need the Rashi that, well, Hashem can still give it back, take it back. Now, Ban's going to tell you now that anybody else who conquers it, Yovon, Taka has a din of Kivush, Canaan is an Evid, and Mashakana Evid Kana So if they conquer it, it still belongs to Shane. That's a big enough demeanor how you learn that. And Ramban is about to say that right now. 
like Zera, and they went to different areas, and Hashem put Canaan in Eretz Yisrael Dafka so that they should hold it until such time that it's ready to give it to Yisrael, and if they hold it slash conquer it, it won't make a difference, even if Kibbish Mechama is which it is, because an Eved is kind of something, so Kibbish Mechama is kind of, but it can't be better than a regular king if he bought it. Masha Khan Eved Kanarabah. So therefore, they're just holding it. So if they're holding it, it never left our jurisdiction in the first place. Now, yes, Eved Lishma sold the Yisrael, like an Eved, a good Eved, is Shimerit, and the bad Eved thinks he's not being Shimerit for his master, but he is anyway. Godam Shemafkid Nichse Ben Adam Avda Ashiigdal, like you have a person who entrusts it, like a regent, and the, the crown prince is going to get it, and you're supposed to be holding it in good faith until then. And later on, when he grows up and he gets to maturity, he'll get it. The Gambavid, the same thing. So you give it to an Evid, he's not painted. So Shaiwiz is that arguing on. Rashi seems to be saying they did get it, but it doesn't make a difference because Hashem could decide at any point, now you have it, now you own it. And Hashem's taking it away, and therefore, Moshe Ben is told to tell Yeshua to go in and conquer it. I'm not, sounds like a Machlechus. Uh, I'm not sure it is because Ramban is just explaining the Derech Ha'ilam that that's how Hashem did it. Rashi is saying, your answer to Ilam is you don't like the Lumdis, you don't like the King, you know, so then, tough, because Hashem can give it to whoever he wants. And Ramban is explaining that it happens to be from a legal standpoint, it really was ours, even if they conquered in between, is Mashakana and the Kanarabah. So I'm not convinced it's Machalik. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Could Ramban would fit very well with Rashi, what? Well, it's interesting. The Arabs are, Arabs is a big word. They're probably not the Canaan. If they're Arabs, they're cousins and they're actually more related to us. Yeah, so they don't know who they are. We're not sure who they are. Chances that they belong there on any, any historical claim is dubious at best. That's a nice word already. They, uh, it was never theirs. I mean, we want to talk about the, 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 the Turks can be asking for it, the British can be asking for it. They don't really have uh, a real claim from any perspective, but it doesn't mean it fits into this Ramban that they were Canaan originally. But we don't need it because Rashi says it doesn't make a difference whether they were kind or not kind. Hashem could decide to give it to us, and but we're still in God's conditions, so Lav Dafka, did we officially get it back, as you have noticed? So... That's uh, it, it's a moot point uh, right now uh, from where we're standing, and uh, that's the base of Machlekes that's still going on. It's being highlighted more now that the, at least the government is not officially anti-religious because they have a slight majority, but within the uh, uh, religious people there, I'm using that word, Kudavka, so then there's a fair amount of Machlekes. Uh, we still in the Machanah's Mitzvah, not, and we hold we're not. We're trying to survive. That's a big survive intact with Aruchniyas and we're not interested in taking over any more territory that's not strategically vital for
for defending it, which might be all of it, but that's, as Rav Shach said, that's for the generals to decide. They give an honest assessment. You have to find an honest general to give an honest assessment. But that paragraph you'll decipher after this year. We'll figure it out. Yes, what? You decided to, uh, you were going to ask that about the generals. Okay. <laughs> so this Ramban is just fascinating. So I, I'm, it's not Mukhuk, it's Machlegis. It could be you could fit it into Rashi. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I don't think that's what I hear what you're asking. You're saying, obviously, Rashi is telling you this is what we should be telling the UN now. I, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. I hear you have Lena. It's a brachal of Atala. We, we could say it, and we, we have this Rashi every year, and we get to it, and we know the Rashi the rest of the year. Mamasha brachal of Atala. They're not the least bit interested in this goal's conditions, and they don't like us. So if the Rashi is written for this, it doesn't seem to be... Uh, very effective. The answer is it's Gullah's condition. So you're asking a good kasha though. So when is it written for? The answer is when Yeshua ben Nun comes in. They were tiny then. They found a very fascinating find. They found a huge stone somewhere else in the Middle East. And you can't make this up. Like huge. At least the, the bigger the boulder. At least the right things on it. Like Yeshua had the mitzvah give him a Meshua ben to write the highlights of the Sefer Torah, the whole Sefer Torah, the Nights, whatever. That was like thing you would do to describe a history or make a point, a political point, whatever the case may be. So they found uh, in this past hundred years a huge stone, not in Israel, but apparently written by the Secretary of State, this is my interpretation, of Gergoshi. Why Gergoshi? Gergoshi, the only one smart enough to leave. They were warned three times. We're coming to fight, either you do tshuva, which no one's interested in, or you leave if you want to live, if you call that living, or you fight. So everybody else fought because Hashem wanted them to be wiped out because they were Sham Gemurim, and Gergashi left and went somewhere in North Africa, somewhere else in the Middle East, wherever they were. So there's a huge stone that describes that there was, I don't mean to say the words, but this answers your question. Says there's somebody that named Yeshua, and he was a Gazlan, and he came and stole all the land, and he conquered all, remember, they write out the whole, it sounds like he went charter. So that wasn't God's conditions. They were complaining about it when we did it, when we had the mandate in the holidays that that belonged to Chaitzal, and they were still saying that. So that's what the Rashi is for. They had the Rashi before Rashi wrote it, because it's a Chazal. So that's, that's the answer to your question. I don't believe now. I think the Rashi now is for us, but you still have to know it's God's conditions. That doesn't prove that we're supposed to be conquering it now. That's the other debate. You can't use that Rashi to... If it, is a, if it was a Machaz Mitzvah, then you can use the Rashi, but... The jury is still out on that, uh, certainly. Okay, let's go back to the Pasuk. Yeah, yeah, they had that debate also, right? You need that Rashi there also. Yeah, I, it, even in the beginning of Yeshua, when they, they captured the kings, and they, there was, we happened to see it written up by whichever historian, secretary of state, probably from Gergoshia, related to them, was writing it up. But when they were conquered, you could be sure everybody was saying it. And uh, the other person that recognized Me'ashem Yesodava was Rachel Azayna, who became the most famous Baal Shuva in the history of mankind and went to further. She married Yeshua ben Nun. So she recognized right away. So of course Hashem gave it to you to see it. Everybody's watching the news in the last 40 years. They're all scared still. They were scared, but they didn't do tshuva. Interesting. Everybody was scared that the Mamish had no, no ruach anymore, but they didn't do tshuva. And then Hashem gave them enough kayach to fight in order that it should be wiped out. Mach Okay, let's go to Pasuk Hay. 
Pergadal Pasakay, if you just came in, we have the Navium over here. So now the uh, plan, as in, amazing as it is, is going to be put into motion. And as we just saw, his parents are puzzled. Shimshin had a very clear idea of what he wanted to do. Yerit Shimshin v'avivima timnasa. So I'll bring down here, it's a big sugi I'll bring down that it's very clear that what is about to happen, that Shimshin is attacked by a lion. There are very, very few people on earth who are attacked by lions who live to discuss it. And even those who survive, they don't rip the lion apart as you would rip apart a lamb. We must be pretty weak today. Uh, maybe I'll speak for myself. Uh can describe that he's going to rip apart the lion like Derech Agav, like he'd rip apart a Gedi. I never tried, but uh, ripping apart a Gedi doesn't sound that easy. I guess the olden times when you're used to roughing it, uh, you know, maybe Gedali, you can handle it. Uh, <laughs> the muscle's interesting. We would use, he ripped it apart like he'd rip apart the page in this pad. That I could handle. One time. So it shows you, I think, people just living in rural areas, which was everywhere, and being on the farm, they were used to handling things, and uh, the muscle wasn't like you would take a sharp knife and cut a gadi. It's like you'd rip apart a gadi. Why would somebody want to rip apart a gadi? I have no idea. I guess as you're um, skinning it and flying it, you know, you had to be there, but... That's going to be the mushroom, but it was an ace. And Hashem is showing him that he has kayach that he can't imagine uh, existed, even though he knew he had something special, but now he's going to see it, the pile. The passage description just means he felt some kayach, some surge, but he didn't apply it yet. This is going to be the first application. The question we have to address first, which Chazal do address, is pretty clear. His parents didn't see this, and he wasn't with them. Why wasn't he with them? And they're going to set up the Shidduch over here. And then the lion appears, and they're nowhere within any eyesight. And they didn't hear anything either. reason is, because the Pasuk mentions that they were passing through, there's a famous shortcut over here, if you're going to Timna, and that's to Karme Timnasa. It's not a good idea to walk through a Karim for the city people over here, even though I'm one of you. Uh, while it's in season because you can trample on grapes. So off season, it's just a bunch of vines that are not doing much and people use it as a shortcut. So the parents use the shortcut and Shimshin knew already that a Nazir doesn't take a shortcut to a vineyard. Interesting. So in season, we understand, but I'm just mentioning in terms of Cheshamish, but it's not so posh to walk through a vineyard in season because they plant things as far as you need for the growing, but, you know, they probably don't want people walking through it. It's a vineyard. A nazir doesn't go anywhere close. Others want to tie it out that it was in season, you can walk carefully, or there's a sign you can use as a shortcut, and then Shimshon couldn't go. And the reason they say that is because later on, he's going to go revisit the area to make the bracha on it sounds like he is going to possibly use the shortcut, and the only answer would be that was off-season. Either way, he's not going near his vineyard right now. His parents did, and he sort of said, or they understood, we'll meet you on the other side. So as he was taking the long way, he met this lion, 
and obviously the lion was sent to show him something. The lion is also going to be sent. That's the difficult challenge of learning Paragidalid as well in Shimshin. That's why we're spending our time on this, is because there are a number of Ramazim. We always have this in every Pasik, but with Shimshin, there are Muslim and Shamayim that are telling him that it's a very dangerous path and you've got to be very careful. And yet there are Fereshap Sukim, you can't negate a Fereshap Pasik for a Remez, like Pasik Dalad, that said, Meshem Yetzadabra, and this is the Mahalaf. So this is Mahalaf, so why is he getting attacked by a lion? He was fine, but why is he getting attacked? The answer is that it's a simon that maybe you have to do this, but you've got to be very careful you're getting involved with Plishtim, and they're not good. And they're not a good ashpa, and um, this is the evident best, and whether you have to do it, the Pasik said he had to do it. That's, uh, if it wasn't Shimshin, people would take that as a mixed message. Shimshin on whatever Madrega he was on, which was very high, got the message to decide to be even more careful, but Chazal still say at the end of the day, he wasn't careful enough on his Madrega. So yep, keep all that in mind as we proceed. Getting attacked by a lion, uh, what would be a good muscle? So remember, we're learning Hilchas Kishuf. So if you're about to embark on something, about to do something, make a decision, and you have a black cat cross your path, you cannot think and certainly say and certainly decide based on that black cat that this is not a good idea and it's a bad omen and you're not doing it. That's an Isa Teresa. Why would somebody think it's a bad omen? Well, with black cats, it's all Kishuf and silliness, and we don't buy into that. That's why it's an Isa Teresa. If you were going somewhere and a lion appeared on the road, where naturally lions don't normally appear and start up with people, you might want to stop and think maybe this is not a good idea. That wouldn't necessarily be an Israelite Kishu. Here, he didn't go home because he knew his job was unusual, so I'm assuming he took it as a sign that this is dangerous, be extra careful. But he won the battle handily with this lion, so it wasn't necessarily a message to go home. And that's tricky. Because both are true. That's, uh, that's what Shimshin had to deal with his whole life. Extremely um, difficult Aveda and unique. So, again, Pasuk Hei. Particularly dangerous, uh, young, healthy, strong one. Pasuk saying clearly, this was a nace. Yeah, it's, uh, they're different before I say different things, but they're all leading to the same shot that it was at the height of its strength. This wasn't one of these old lions you could rip apart like butter or paper. I, probably all the lions, even the elderly ones, are somewhat dangerous, but uh, still have claws and teeth. This one was extremely uh, healthy and robust. Again, the marshal was interesting. And he did that without any weapon, nothing in his hand. And he got back after he ripped apart this lion, continued walking, and five minutes later he met them, they went through the camp, met them on the other side, did not look out of breath, pale or disheveled, and he said, okay, where were we? Uh, yeah, we're headed to Timnah. Why didn't he tell his parents? very carefully over here. This shows you the godless of what we're... All is said and done, we're going to point out all the quote-unquote mistakes because Chazal see any tzaddik with a magnifying glass. 
and this one a very big, more like a microscope. But the fact we have to learn things from it, we have to keep in mind the godless of Shimshin and what he's dealing with and who we're looking at. His inborn, forget the Naziris and the uh, Nase and the Ruach Hashem within him as unique role, he was a tremendous, we call a Baal Musr, tremendous Baal Mid, tremendous honor. And that's gonna, the Anivas aspect, which is the key to all good Midas, is gonna shine through in everything we see over here. And this is the first example, and this is really the first time we're really meeting Shimshin. Everything until now was in Avur, not the child you're gonna have, and now he grew up. It's the first time we're seeing Shimshin in action, so to speak. His Anivas is, uh, we would say, off the charts. And I'll bring up even from a Kibbutz Aim standpoint, it's a Chiddush even Hilchas Kibbutz Aim. It's clear that he said absolutely nothing about what just transpired. Not a remez kol shehu. Not now and not later. We just know if it's in the Pusik. Why not? Because you don't talk about your mitzvahs and meisim tevim. You don't talk about your You don't talk about nisim that happened to you. You know that, that's not what we're here for. It's supposed to be master it. Not scary afterwards, even though I don't discount what you're saying. Remember the mice we had when we were talking about the possibility serum and skydiving? Everybody needs a good Cholomite trip. So uh, it's dangerous, despite the fact that they tell you, because you don't normally have to sign 79 forms before you do something if it weren't dangerous. And like, there's a lot of, t- lot of things you've got to sign. You're signing away every possible lawsuit you could do, because even though statistically it's safe, I interviewed many... Uh, leisurely um, skydivers and some sankanim. And it hurts. If you fall perfectly, you walk away, you're like the first few steps, you're usually limping. And it gets worse from there, like a sprain or like a, you know, soldiers used to be more popular and drop behind enemy lines. It's not the warfare today is different, but it was a pachad, I mean, just uh, psychologically jumping out of a plane. But when you hit the ground, the best case scenario, you're hitting it with a pretty uh, strong impact. So, in terms of Chabala Bagufa, it's not so pushy. The, the, the barometer is not whether you survive the experience. That's not, Dalacha has what to say about that also, obviously, but it's not just that, even if statistically everybody survived. So, if you remember, that was our discussion. So, I believe I mentioned at the time there was a Chashua Bachu, and I was a Chashua Yungaman. He told me the story years after it happened. And, um, he always had this uh, taiva to do this, adventurous type fellow. I know many people that have no taiva to do this whatsoever. Just, just in, case you're, uh, in case you're wondering if you're missing something, <laughs> I, I don't have one either. And, uh, but he uh, is an adventurous type, and he wanted to do it. And he once mentioned to his mother, and his mother made absolutely clear, she didn't say over my dead body because we don't use expressions like that. If you know somebody who used the expression, tell them not to use it. We don't talk like that. Gaim, everything's not going to kill you. Everything's very violent. We don't talk about death. There's Ayn Hara and there's a certain Lush and So she didn't say that, but she said everything but that. She said, really don't, and I'd be very nervous, and, and rightfully so. So he, uh, he mentioned to me something like Eschata and Imaskir, which sounds familiar. Uh, he once did it, but he didn't tell his mother. And Baruch Hashem went okay, sort of. Tell about the story. You jump in tandem with an instructor. He's tethered to you. And then he hired, you gotta pay extra for this, he hired a guy to film it. That's another guy jumping because 
you can't capture it on film. We're good at it. I'm going to have the fond memories. And he jumped, and um, first he screamed and yelled and smiled for the camera the first, I don't know, X amount of feet, free fall. And then you pull the thing, and the parachute comes out, except when it doesn't. So he's falling with the guy. This is a seasoned instructor, and he pulled it, and it didn't. So they're still falling. See, he's screaming, yelling. He says, okay, this is a lot of fun. When do we pull it? He said, well, I did, but don't worry, we have a backup. And to make matters more complicated, when he pulled it, it sort of deployed, but only like 20%, and it got tangled. So the instructor has this little knife on him, which Shimshin didn't even have. And um, he starts trying to cut the uh, thing to untangle it. He says, what are you doing? This disgusting is falling down. Says, what are you doing? He says, I just, uh, we don't need the backup yet. I just, something got tangled. After another 10 seconds, very long 10 seconds, uh, he decided to pull the emergency one which Baruch Hashem worked and they fell slowly to the thing which he told me afterwards the impact was normal but it was still an impact and he said it didn't sprain his ankle that's the why he's bringing to me how safe it is and of course the instructor told him you know what the instructor told him even if you've never heard the story I can't believe it doing this 30 years this never happened but probably told that to the other guy also or maybe the only one guy it happened to is the Yeshiva Baruch so he can get into the Shir I don't know exactly uh, why, but it happened. He told his mother the whole story a year or two later. You think, why not? Great story. Bad idea. <laughs> you would think Jewish mother's a Jewish mother. She almost fainted. He was standing there. He said, Ma, I'm fine. My leg's fine. Everything's fine. I think it was a then or something. I was after that. I'm fine. She wasn't so fine. So there's a lesson to be learned. And she, I, I know the lady, I know the son, very normal people, not a little scared. She wasn't fine. So that's the answer. It was worth it for that story, even though we had it by the sugya. I don't think Rebbitson, Shimshin, would be fine. He said, well, i just uh, sorry for the two-minute delay. I just bumped into a line, but I ripped him apart. No problem whatsoever. I don't think she... So that might be a good reason why he didn't tell her. Maybe even the father would be nervous. So that's one possibility. My kasha is, why didn't he say anything? So he didn't say anything because his sterling midah of Anivus, he didn't want to talk about himself. And this is, he was like a nice. He didn't want to talk about it. The kibbutz of Aim, Shaila, is, but why not give your parents some nachas? Anivus means you don't talk about it with anybody else. You don't uh, toot your own horn. Now, parents? A child, this is important. A child can't tell parents about something good they did or something good that happened to them that shines a good light on them to give the parents nachas wouldn't that be an Indian? wouldn't that override the uh, Neva session? I think it's an important shilas the answer might be what I just described to you is that he realized whatever possible gain is going to be undone by the fact they're going to get nervous even though he's fine and he's talking to them but that's pretty scary and to add they might take it as maybe that's a simon that this isn't a good idea because they weren't completely on board with this in the first place that's another reason not to mention it. But where it's coming from is his anivus. And that I'm going to prove to you later. This is one of his uh, most sterling uh, midas that he worked on throughout. I and mean, he was a shefet of Klai Yisrael. He never even acted like a shefet. He's going back and forth as a renegade shefet. And they, most people understood the plot. And he never asked anything of anybody. He was a tremendous nechba like when he was running Klai Yisrael. And... Again, we're not going to have a riot over here because maybe he didn't tell them. He would have told them for the nachas, but it would have scared them or would have convinced them it's the wrong derech and they would have 
try to have him turn back, which he knew he couldn't do. He felt he couldn't do. So that's a lot. That's a lot of havaminas in one in one pasuk. Lions, the pell over here is lions were rare to just appear in the. I think it's possible. I think they might understand that they're not natural to the Shamaranim had the same issue, if you recall. All of a sudden, there were lots of lions coming eating everybody. And even they, the Odevarazara, who were not too bright, uh, I say not too bright because they were Odevarazara. That's true of most of the world, but they were smart enough to realize this is not normal. We're in Eretz in a regular city, there are lions keep coming. That's not normal. So it must be the god of this land doesn't like Avarazar. What they didn't hop is the god of every land is the same god and doesn't like Avarazar either. But they were right that they were up to Avarazar where they came from and now it's in Israel and you can't do that here. So that they figured out. So they were smarter than a lot of other people. But they right away saw it. This is not normal. And it's not normal. There are lions in Central Africa on safari are normal. It wasn't in regular streets in Israel. It wasn't, wasn't the norm. So again, they might get scared from the Sakana, they might get scared from the fact that it's a sin in Mishamayim. And his inborn anivas, he wouldn't have said anything. The only tzad is to give him nachas. He wouldn't have given them nachas. So that's the possible answer. But you have to think about that. There's a difference. I don't think most of us struggle with this because we're not such great, humble people that we naturally would never say anything. And therefore, the Shailah should we say something for our parents to keep it of him. And I think that's a Shailah. That maybe you can say more if it gives them nachas. I think we naturally glide into that because we like saying things. So that would be, uh, so it's not a struggle for us. Yeah? I think that's what this fine bacher was doing. We told his mother, Ma, I had the courage. I jumped out of a plane. It was a lot of fun. We had a little uh, snag of the ropes a little bit here and there, but everything was fine. The emergency brakes worked and it was Gavaldi. And it didn't go over well <laughs> a while afterwards. I think putting so. aside dangerous situations, as far as like, from the standpoint of Anibus and the. In general, we, the fallback position is you never talk about anything. It's about yourself, period. That's the, uh, just the shy love here. Keep it away, give them nachas. So then you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it to give them nachas. And maybe that's worth it. Even? A spouse is less of a chiv to give them nachas than your parents. Matter of fact, I don't think there's any official chiv to give them nachas. Maybe it's a good relationship. She should think uh, you're chashuv. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe not, depending on the situation. But uh, it's less of, a, of an Indian over there. And uh, we're not on the Madrig of Shimshin. And Anivas is still important, even as mom is that, obviously. But I understand what you're saying. There's a natural amount that goes with it because you want to, it's good to give yourself a pat in the back once in a while in our Madriga because you need it for self-esteem and to be encouraged and therefore would apply with a spouse or with a parent even aside from the keep it up the aim aspect of the parent. So if that's your question, yes, there's, there's room for that and we do it. We do it and uh, it's not a big avla. The shaila is to what extent and how embellished and the like. That's really the, the question. But the fallback position over here, someone like Shimshin, you would think this is a pretty amazing, if nothing else happens in his life, this is something to write a book about. And he didn't think to mention it. And 
I'm just trying to explain. The Havmina would have been keep it away, and he realized now that's not even a net gain over there. So he didn't mention it, but it started from that fallback position. And that's why the Pasuk uh, mentions it. One more. Pasuk Zion, Vayered, Vaydabel, Isha, Vatisher, Be'ene, Shimshin. So they go down, they have the Bashaw. It wasn't a very long uh, courtship. And right away, Vatisher, Be'ene, Shimshin. So we already saw in the Akdama from Desler that on his Madrega, the issue was Be'ene, that uh, maybe. He made the decision too quickly and the aspect of it fit into his plans. And that was correct, but following his eyes, maybe this particular one, and we're going to find out very soon in the next week or two, she wasn't such a tachshit in terms of uh, Hermides and fidelity and loyalty. And, uh, so, which fine, it fit into his plan, but even according to his plans, it went a little haywire. Uh, she hit Tainas on her, and rightfully so, and that's going to be a theme over here. So the word Be'ena is again possibly something on his madrega, but the Pashib Shav, Atisha Be'ena Shimshin, is she was Yasha. There's nothing much Yasha about her or the Shver or the Shrugger, the whole Masav over here. All it means is Atisha Be'ena Shimshin, Shimshin, like he's going to picture trying a suit. He says, This suit will work just fine. What does it work fine for? Not to show off. It works fine. It's cold out. I need a suit. He had a plan to get involved with a family to pick a fight to start a tumult. Says that works just fine. So the Bashot didn't have to last very long. This wasn't a Shaila. Now, was there a plan to stay married? Yes. Is there a Chiv to see her before the marriage for after the Yes. I'm not negating that. And it has to be a Makayim that. She's, she's going to be a Gyaris. It's going to be a real Chop of a Gedushin. So, but Tishman and Shimshin is a Bashot, and that works to be that din. But it also worked in the general plan. That's why I mentioned just as the uh, heads up, he didn't think that she would betray him that quickly the plan would go as simple as ABC. The plan actually went into action even quicker than he thought and in a way which he wasn't too happy about. But the plan will work. And they're going to have a fight uh, before Shara Brachas is over. Major one. This is not something you should plan on by your simples. You can wait till... Uh, <laughs> this is what, what can go wrong will go wrong. But that part is part of the plan. Shaili is her role in it. Apparently, that's the amazing thing. That's why I prefaced a couple weeks back, they're still printing uh, books as we in China and Japan had to marry a Jewish guy, Rahmullah, finally. They're, despite all the anti-Semitism, everybody wants to get in on it. And he was known as a, as a sheifet. He was a leader in, in Kaisal. They don't understand the lumdus of a sheifet. But yeah, this was very chasha for them. And they were more than happy, which strikes us as odd. Like, what's the sheiches? But from their perspective, it was certainly a, a step up. Yeah, they're going to give him uh, the, his, uh, his whole chevra. He's coming without anybody. He just has his parents. They're going to loan him 30 guys to make him happy, and those are the guys he's going to use for his plan. But again, the push out of here, Tisha Be'en Shimshin is a din. And Tisha Be'en Shimshin is, yeah, this plan is going to work, and this is a good place to start. So until next week, we'll uh, see what happens.